Welcome to the audio version of Bogard Press's Through the Bible Adult Study Guide. Being true to the Word, Bogard Press has aided in the discipleship of thousands for over 100 years. Of those 100 years, the Through the Bible Adult Sunday School literature has been a staple to many. Join us as we listen to the Through the Bible Adult Study Guide with writer Brother Mark Clements. So grab your Bible and let's get started. Today's lesson is A New Way to Worship from Exodus 28 through 31. Today's application is the student will learn that true worship involves obedience to God's instructions. Seeking the context. It is estimated that the average adult makes up to 35,000 conscious decisions in an average day. These choices may range from seemingly insignificant preferences such as what to eat or drink, or to more important matters, such as how to treat people or respond to difficult situations. Every decision we make, whether important or unimportant, we make according to our own system of values. For the child of God, hopefully, God the Father sits atop our value system and therefore becomes the authority for each decision we make. Since humans are worshiping creatures by nature, Everything we think, say, or do shows what we value most. Christians make decisions based upon the worth and authority of God. So everything we do becomes an act of worship, declaring the beauty and holiness of our Creator. Worship is more than simply gathering with other believers and singing, praying, or preaching the Word. Worship, as used in the Bible, includes the idea of service, not just ceremonial pomp. God had told Moses everything he would require in the system of worship he prescribed for his people. In providing directions for religious devotion of him, God wanted his people to develop habitual practices that could be passed on from generation to generation that magnified his name and showcased his glory for the rest of the world to see. Establishing the ceremonial law was more beneficial for God's people than it was for him. The worship God required of his people involved more than random meditations or simple emotional experiences. God is worshipped through our obedient devotion to him, serving him by sacrificing our time, energy, and resources based upon our reverent faith in him and guidance by his word. Israel did not always facilitate the worship of Jehovah perfectly. Often, God's people would give reverence to other gods or neglect to obey every portion of God's law perfectly. Such failure leads to idolatry and rebellion. We can be guilty of the same folly. Today's text reminds us that worship of our perfect God happens through mature devotion to His Word and commitment to obedience. This means God can be worshipped through a variety of activities as our behaviors become motivated by love and devotion to Him. Today's text will teach us that God graciously invites us to serve Him and He shows us the way to do so. How do you typically worship God? Searching the text. Number one, trust God for gifts of service. Exodus 31, 6 through 11. 
And I, behold, I have given with him Aholiab, the son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan. And in the hearts of all that are wise-hearted, I have put wisdom that they may make all that I have commanded thee, the tabernacle of the congregation, and the ark of the testimony, and the mercy seat that is thereupon, and all the furniture of the tabernacle, and the table of his furniture, and the pure candlestick with all his furniture, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offering with all his furniture, and the laver of his foot, and the cloths of service, and the holy garments for Aaron the priest, and the garments of his sons to minister in the priest's office, and the anointing oil, and sweet incense for the holy place, according to all that I have commanded thee shall they do. When we needed a chest of drawers for our bedroom, my wife and I decided to purchase a do-it-yourself dresser kit. Instead of buying a piece of furniture already put together, we bought a box full of parts and pieces of furniture. When I opened the box, I unpacked hundreds of pieces, including wood, screws, dowels, hardware, and instructions. During the construction process, I often doubted whether I had everything I needed to finish the project. I had the instruction manual along with everything necessary to build a dresser. I just needed to commit to finishing the job. Similarly, God has given his people everything necessary to build their lives in worshipful devotion to him. What does it take to build lives of worship for God? First, we must grasp the simple, magnificent reality that the creator of the universe invites us to participate in his worship. God did not leave us up to our own devices or imaginations to figure out how to honor him. He instigated a conversation with Moses for the specific purpose of guiding his people's participation in worship. Jesus told the Samaritan woman that God is seeking worshipers, John 4.23, which means he constantly looks to receive love and devotion from his creation. We should stand in awe at the fact that the creator of the universe invites us to know him and to make him known through worship. Second, we should look around and see that God has given us everything necessary for worship. The people of Israel had plundered the Egyptians, obtaining material wealth that would be more than enough to complete the construction of the tabernacle and its elements. The only remaining question was whether the people would willfully give what was needed for construction. The precious materials must move from the hands of the people to the hands of the builders, which required cheerful giving in the hearts of God's people. If God requires sacrificial devotion of us, He will provide the time, energy, and resources necessary. The only question is whether we will joyfully and sacrificially contribute to the need. Third, in addition to inviting us to participate in worship and providing what is needed, God also gives specific gifts and talents to his people to accomplish specific tasks in his service. God told Moses that he had already selected a few men of the tribe of Dan who were qualified to carry out the work required for the construction of the tabernacle. If God calls us to serve him, we can be sure he will provide what is needed along with the ability to carry it out. God invites us to serve him in worshipful devotion. In doing so, he provides everything we need to build lives that honor him along with gifts to fulfill our calling. 
Like Moses, we must trust the Lord to provide what we need to obey him. How has God gifted you for worshipful service? Number two, revere God in obedience from faith. Exodus 31, 12 through 17. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily my Sabbaths ye shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that ye may know that I am the Lord that doth sanctify you. Ye shall keep the Sabbath therefore, for it is holy unto you. Every one that defileth it shall surely be put to death. For whosoever doeth any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days may work be done, but in the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whosoever doeth any work in the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Wherefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. Constructing the tabernacle and its elements exactly as God prescribed was only part of the new way his people would worship him. More important than simply doing work for God is the worshiper's motivation. God addressed the need for Israel to revere him in keeping the Sabbath day holy. God's people were expected to set aside every Saturday in holy devotion to God. They would not perform any work on the Sabbath, but would rest just as God rested after six days of creation. Observing this weekly day of rest was so important that God demanded the excommunication of those who dismissed it and the execution of those who perpetually defiled it. This observance accomplished more than simply checking off a box of legal religious duties. Observing the day of holy rest every Saturday proved the people esteemed God and his word very highly in their hearts. Sabbath observance demonstrated faith in God. God's people are often tempted to treat religious activity as legal requirements that can be performed thoughtlessly. Sure, we may establish routines of worshipful devotion to God that can become habitual, but we must guard ourselves from becoming irreverent toward God. Thoughtful, intentional acts of service for God are the outworking of the faith of our hearts. Additionally, it is not just our singing or praying that qualifies as worship, but everything we do ascribes worth to God. This means everything we do must be done thoughtfully and reverently as acts of obedience to God springing from our heart of faith in Him. Number three, follow God in adherence to truth. Exodus 31, 18 and he gave unto Moses, when he had made an end of communing with him upon Mount Sinai, two tables of testimony, tables of stone, written with the finger of God. A few years ago, I was returning from an overseas mission trip and had a connecting flight in Los Angeles. As I made my way through security, I realized I was in line behind one of my favorite Major League Baseball pitchers. 
He holds the record for the most saves of my favorite team, and I was only a few feet away from him. If we had not been pushing luggage through x-ray machines, I would have asked him for an autograph, but later I did muster up enough courage to get a picture together. I was overwhelmed being in the presence of a future Hall of Fame pitcher, and now I have a picture to remember that experience. When we are in the presence of greatness, we usually want to take away something to commemorate the event. Moses had been up on Mount Sinai in the very presence of God for 40 days and nights, listening to everything he had to say about his expectations of Israel. Moses had heard the very voice of God as he basked in God's glory on the mountain. Now, as God concluded his commands, he issued Moses his very own copy of the Ten Commandments, written by the hand of God himself. Everything God desired of his people had been spoken and written down by God. From this point forward, Israel would have no excuse for disobedience. With the knowledge of God's revealed word came the obligation to obey it. No longer could God's people claim ignorance. God would now hold them to his standards of compliance. When it comes to worshipful devotion to God, like Israel, we are unable to claim ignorance. We have the completed word of God in our hands. The Bible contains everything God desires us to know. And like the tablets received by Moses, it comes directly from his mouth. The Apostle Paul wrote that all scripture is breathed by God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. God's word thoroughly furnishes and equips us for every good work God desires us to accomplish. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. From the beginning of human history, God has always made known his desires to mankind. We have never had the problem of ignorance regarding God's will. Our problem comes in neglecting or outright disobeying what God has told us to do. Never before in Western Christianity has the Bible been more prolific, but unfortunately, biblical illiteracy is just as widespread. The blatant disregard of God's authoritative word is obviously common among unbelievers, but when Christians neglect to read and study the Bible, the consequences are disastrous. We cannot expect to please God in worship if we refuse to study the only book that is inspired by Him and equips us for obedience. How do you consistently study God's Word? Setting the Application God created us with inherent desires to worship Him. We will never be satisfied in this life or the next until we find our purpose, faithful devotion to our Creator. Unfortunately, man-made religion has confused many on what worship looks like. Today's text reminds us that worship is work devoted to magnifying God. We worshipfully serve the Lord when we recognize He has given us everything we need to obey, including possessions, talents, and direction from His Word. We have all we need to worship God. Nothing is lacking except our own commitment to faithfully committing our time, energy, and resources to Him for His glory. When God's people worship Him in this manner, we magnify Him and make the service of God compelling to others. As we find contentment in our service to God, we convince others that following Christ is worth every sacrifice. 
Worship is a way of life. Every decision we make either glorifies God or glorifies someone else. By counting our blessings, clarifying our gifting, and consulting God's Word, we are able to live in a manner that ascribes the glorious worth of our Creator. When Christians take the worship of God seriously, God is glorified and lives are changed forever. Everyone worships someone. Who are you worshiping? What would our world look like if Christians took worshipful service of God more seriously? Thanks, Brother Mark, for sharing such great truth with us this week. Join us next week as we take another look at God's Word with Brother Mark. Don't forget to join us daily on our Through the Bible daily devotionals on our daily devotional blog at www.bogardpress.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.